Hey, what's going on, everyone? You know, I try my best to get get started on these uh, exactly on time, but as you guys know, always like a minute or two late, sometimes a little bit longer. Okay, cool. All right, so let me get a pen here. I'm going to be interviewing a client today. Kind of look forward to these because you get to hear like other people's stories and how they made it happen in the real world. And that's the most important, right? Jeremy, what's going on? Good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, just getting started a little teeny bit late today. I'm going to be interviewing one of my former clients, actually. Freddie, what is going on? I haven't seen her or we haven't coached together rather in like around two years. Um, she's kind of like a super busy, super busy mom. Also a business owner as well. I think she has like four kids, but I could be mistaken. She may have she may have more than four kids. Um, so Christian, what is going on? Walter, good to see you. Uh, Raul, good to see you as well. FL, let me know if I got that name right. Good to see you guys. I'm just going to wait for her to jump in here. And then we will rock and roll. Let me, um, if you guys have any questions in the meantime... Let me know uh, how you guys are doing. I'm just going to go my squeaky chair here, but it's all good. Okay, cool. Crystal, I see you jumped in, uh, but for some reason, I don't see you in the guest section. Let me try to figure that out. I haven't had that happen before. Give me one second. So this is one of my um, weaknesses among many tech stuff. So usually... Crystal, uh, you do have to be on your phone on this one. I don't know if you're on your laptop uh, in order to in order to join a live. Marius, good to see you. LF, let me know if I got your name correct. LF, is that is that correct? Or do you pronounce it some other way? Marius, Freddie. Okay, cool. Yeah, take your time, Crystal. No big deal. Ivan, what is going on? Long time no here. Bonjour. I took one year of French, Marius, but it's been a very, very long time, and I wasn't that good at it. Uh, I dropped out for a reason, obviously. Cool. So we'll just wait for Crystal to um, figure out the tech stuff, get on her cell phone, and then we'll rock and roll from there. Uh, no big deal. If it doesn't work out for any reason, I have like another cool topic we can cover too, and then we can try to touch base with Crystal later on. Also, you guys... If you guys have any questions at all, I'm happy to answer those. Those are actually more exciting for me personally um, because I already kind of know the topics I want to cover. Okay, Crystal, cool. And I'll be happy to answer anything you guys throw at me. It's kind of like a pop quiz, so that always makes it. Hey. Hey, Crystal, hey. what is going on? Okay. So I was trying to, I'll have to show you, I was trying to make it work. I know you told me this yesterday to do it on my cell phone, right? But I wanted to, I'd already gotten the TikTok up and running and all that good stuff. And so I wanted to pull the two of them together. Okay. And uh, I was just trying to be savvy. It didn't work, obviously. No, that's okay. It usually never works for me either. My girlfriend actually does all the tech stuff, but she happens to be out of the house today. So I'm like, man, if I can't figure it out with this one way I know how to solve the problem, I think we just got to reschedule because I'm lucky enough to even know how to turn my phone on. Oh my uh, but, but Crystal, uh, I know we haven't like actually coached together in two, probably two years now at this point, maybe a little bit longer. I usually have a weird perception of space and time. Sometimes uh, clients got on these calls and 
I thought I haven't seen them in like 10 years, but they're like, no, man, it's only been like three years. So let me know if, uh, let me know if that's wrong, but it's good to see you again. I know we haven't, we've kept in touch via text mainly, uh, but I know we haven't like actually seen each other for quite a long time. So it's good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you too. I, I'm the same way with you because I keep in touch with people so closely. Um, that's just my personality that I don't really even remember like if we're close friends, not friends with anybody. So I just treat everybody like they're my family and I'm just like, you know, checking in on people. So it could have been 10 years. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, cool. And Crystal has like a very interesting story. Uh, I forgot exactly how many pounds of weight she lost, but that's honestly the least important part of her message. And um, I'm going to kind of let her take over and tell her story, whichever, whichever way she likes and from whichever point she wants to start at. And then I'll try to maybe throw a smart question <laughs> here and there, hopefully. Uh, so Crystal, feel free to take over and introduce yourself and then we can kind of, uh, kind of go from there. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, well, so like Eugene said, my name is Crystal. I came across Eugene, actually, my cousin Antonio was one of your um, clients and he was just thriving. I mean, that guy's work ethic and his like determination was amazing. And I kept watching him post these videos and I kept watching him, but it wasn't just about his physical attributes. It was also about um, his, his like light. He seemed happier. He seemed more centered and it, it was just contagious. And I messaged him and I was like, I want whatever you're on. I don't know what it is. If it's illegal, tell me, I'll go get it, whatever I got to do. And uh, he introduced me to you and that was it. So I think the biggest takeaway from everything, um, especially with hiring coaches is that people need to focus on it's not just the physical attributes, right? I mean, that's what we look for. We're humans, right? We want to see something on the outside to make us kind of keep going. Um, but for me, I got, it was just so much more. And it has been years since we started the program. And I still use the things that you give me. And that's why I post things. And that's why I still tag you because these things that are helping me grow, even in my profession, even within my family and things along those lines, they're what you taught me. It was, you know, it's something that was, it was like a new, a new lesson basically that helped me flourish. So, um, I think, I think the one thing that is the most important, important thing in, in all of this was that you taught me how to have a healthy relationship with myself because that was what was lacking. Right. I grew up in basically, you know, we grew up poor and we grew up with that mentality of, Hey, eat all your food. You never know when you're going to have another meal kind of thing. And that kind of messes with your mind, right? It takes your mind shift from a, a health perspective, from a relationship, from a, hey, you know, eat this, you need the protein, you're going to grow big and strong, you know, that type of thing to where you don't know when you're going to eat again, to a mm -hmm. fear. So then you gobble everything. So of course, as expected, I became obese. My sisters became obese. Like we, we were not healthy. We didn't have that healthy relationship. So instead of looking at food as fuel, it was like a, oh my God, I need it. So whenever you had the opportunity, you took it and you kept it and you, you, you ate it. Right. And so one thing that you really did help like rewire was teaching me that it's okay to be full and it's okay to eat a lot of this, this, and this. And I'll never forget that list you gave me where it was like, you can eat as much as you want of this. And it was all the things I liked. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hell yeah, I got this. So it was kind of neat. And so I think that is the big thing that I've taken and has just continued on and has made my journey with just my own self just kind of flourish. So I really enjoyed it. Well, can you, uh, I'm sure you've tried like many other diets in the oh. past 
or, or programs or whatever, you know, lifestyle programs. Can you kind of maybe go over like your history of like what you tried and what you feel was the shortcoming, at least for you from those approaches? Because I know everyone's going to be different. So absolutely. Oh my gosh. I've, I tried everything. I mean, like you said, I, I'm a mom. I have four children, right? I birthed four kids. When I first, when I had my oldest child, I was completely malnourished, right? I had got, I had these eating disorders. Like you have mm -hmm. to remember, like it was, it was very toxic because it was, um, I had, I had body dysmorphia. I mean, I still feel like I do every now and then when I'm like, oh my God, I look huge. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? You're healthy. And so um, after I had the babies, I didn't get rid of any of the weight. Like it just wouldn't go away. I mean, at my heaviest, I was 160. Like it was bad. I'm five three, so it was like a little oompa oompa loompa basically. Mm -hmm. And so my body, my frame can't carry that. I had a lot of back problems, my knees, my joints, everything hurt. I felt like it was so hard to just like move my body. I mean, I'm moving 160 some pounds, right? You might not think that's a lot, but for a little body, it is. So I tried everything. I tried the pills. I tried the you know, those things you buy, like those garments that you buy that, that make you sweat out. I tried, um, protein shakes. I tried fasting. I tried all of these like meal replacements, like breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. We're all drinking it. Right. It was disgusting. Um, I tried everything. I felt like I was going to have a heart attack. I was always sweaty. My skin was so bad. It was like, it would every, those get those like a instant type of thing. They just don't work. They don't work because they're not addressing the root problem. And the root problem is the relationship you have with yourself mm -hmm. that is then outwards. Right. I mean, you taught me, that was the very first thing you taught me was what's your schedule like? And I was like, it's freaking chaotic. Here's what I do, 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 do. And you're like, wow. Okay. And I'll never forget, you made me um, schedule a bath. I took showers. I was in and out. It was like just about business, right? And uh, you made me every Wednesday. It's still on my schedule. Every Wednesday, you go take a bath, 45 minutes, watch TV, read a book, whatever you got to do. Just sit there. Just be there. And now I take a bath every single night. Like I yeah. have taken my life from this chaotic, uncontrollable stress to somewhat controllable. I mean, it's still chaotic. But the point is, like, you taught me those healthy behaviors to love me, to take care of me, to just, you know, really focus inward, I guess. And that is what helped me work on the outwards. But too many times we don't think of that. We're too busy looking at this and we want that done right away, right? So I think coaching, I think everybody should get a coach, honestly. I mean, in, in all aspects of life. I mean, that's why we have teachers, right? I mean we need people who know things that we don't know because I don't have enough time mm -hmm. to study the way you do. Yeah. And it's kind of one, one interesting thing I always found was people are like, well, you know, I, I, most people, I don't know much about my car. So if something breaks, I'm going to take it to a mechanic. Yeah. But then if things are breaking in their body, they're usually like, oh, I'll figure it out. But the human body and the human psyche are obviously like monumentously more more complicated to deal with than a, a car, which is also tough to deal with, but just the complexity is far greater with human behavior. But they're always like, oh, I'll figure it out at that point. But of course, it's it just in anything, it's tough to solve a problem with the same belief system that led to that same problem, obviously. Absolutely. And there, there are rare exceptions for sure, but it's just um, usually just requires that that third party to kind of bring in a new perspective, a new belief system, and to maybe point out also just some things that, that you can improve on, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and like you said, in every field, and in fact, a lot of pretty much every high performer, you know, or I know, like definitely hires business coaches or uh, yeah. 
whatever, nutrition coaches, just coaching in whatever aspects of life they're trying to improve in, they're for sure uh, not learning 100% of it themselves, you know, and stuff of that sort. But Crystal, I know, um, I feel feel like moms these days have it a bit tougher, especially moms that are entrepreneurs as well, because they're required to wear, I just think like so many more hats than like their male partners or just males in general. They've taken over, it seems like, especially entrepreneur females, taken over the male role, but then also trying to maintain the female role and all the complexities of that at the same time, especially when you have kids and not only like one kid, you have like four kids. Um, And I, and I kept forgetting, I'm like, how many kids does she have? I put it in the post. I'm like, I just wrote, she has many kids, you know, because I forgot exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Because I forgot exactly. But I know a lot of moms are struggling with this and maybe also single, single dads as well and stuff of that sort that have to take care of a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you maybe go over the history of, certain problems you've run into, let's say when you had your first child and then the second one and then uh, different ways you've navigated, how long it took you to navigate around uh, those problems and find more of like a sustainable way to raise a family plus grow a business, et cetera, et cetera, and take care of yourself. Absolutely. So I love that you asked that question because I feel like this is such a big movement that's happening right now in our society is that whole femininity and that masculine, right? What energy are you in? Where are you at? Where do you want to be? And the thing is that I I feel like we went from wanting equal rights as women and being looked at as peers to like the pendulum going right way over here, right? And now, you know, we got what we wanted as females, and this is completely off subject, I'm sure. So, uh, but we got what we wanted, right? We're, we're in the work field, we're doing all of these things, but then you still come home and guess mm-hmm. what? Nothing changed there. Those roles are still there. And it's, it's harder for single parents because those single parents, they don't ever get a break. They don't get to take those hats off. And there was a point in my life after my divorce, that that's where we, I landed up, right? Is like, I was raising children. I was trying to be healthy. I was trying to, I was trying to just be a human. I was trying to learn how to be a mom. I was trying to learn how to be a single parent. I was trying to learn how to just be, be me, I guess. And no one teaches you. There's no, like, there's no books on this. Right. And so we're flowing back and forth. So just imagine the stress building up. You have no time for yourself, literally no time because you, like you said, got to go to work, got to be the doctor, got to be the chef, got to be the nurse, got to be the mom, got to be the, where do you Psychologist. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Yes. Even more so. And so in this whole shift in society right now, I think we're all learning that we may have asked for something we didn't really want, right? We, we still want to be a woman and we don't really, I know for me, like it's been very hard for me to have to step out of that masculine role because I had to be in that. And without being in that, I couldn't be successful. I wouldn't have the business I have. So I'm not bashing it, but I am saying like the roadblocks that I've hit along the way were all because I had to put them there. Unfortunately, I had to choose to work harder. I had to choose to start a company. I had to choose to work 70 hours a week because I had to, like, it was just my circumstances. And, you know, as the kids have gotten older, it's been a little easier, but I think the one thing, again, it's not taught to us is to be selfish. I mean, I, I'm guilty of this too. I tell my children all the time. And even when I was raising them and they were smaller, I would be like, you know, think of others, right? Like you, you need to be considerate. You have to have this good heart, but we're not emphasizing enough in our younger generations that, 
you can be selfish. You can say no, and that's a, a sentence. And that means that you're putting yourself first. Because if I could have said no to other things, I probably wouldn't have had the, the problems I did physically uh, with my body, with the eating disorders that I was faced with, because I was too busy trying to find that quick fix because I didn't have that much time. Mm -hmm. So the sliver of time I had, I needed something, right? So, okay, I can't work out. So let me just starve myself. Oh, I can't work out. Let me just drink eight cups of coffee so that my heart's going to explode and I can clean the house. I can pay the bills. I can mow lawn. I can walk the dog. I can take care of the kids. I can be... I can be Susie Homemaker and a boss. And that, I mean, I, I can only imagine how many years I took off of my life by, by working at that level and by being so stupid and, and doing that kind of stuff. Not to mention how, how I poisoned my body. I mean, the shit that we take, those pills, those like heart, what is it, the fat burners? Oh, mm -hmm. shit does. It, it messes up your metabolism and now you have to try to reset it. Good luck with that. I just, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I thought I was having a heart attack about 10 times, but being a single that mom- That means it's working, working. you know? <laughs> right, yeah, working. I don't know. Well, it's gotten, it's gotten way worse than fat burning pills at this point. I don't know if you, uh, probably not even a good subject to pay attention to, but like now they have like uh, pharmaceutical fat loss drugs like Ozempic, oh. you know, that, are, that were originally invented to help people with type two diabetes. Yes. Now, um, and it's unfortunate too, and you kind of shine light on it, that mothers are kind of like almost myopic, a lot of mothers. They're just so like, dude, I don't have time or even the energy to learn about the wide variety of topics in nutrition, lifestyle management, yeah. exercise science. And I may not uh, have the money to hire a coach, you know? Correct. So they jump on, they go to their medical doctor and they get prescribed. Basically, like you, you do like a injection of this drug every single day and it greatly suppresses your appetite. And they, they do see some short-term results, you know, which yeah, is great and can kind of improve, um, improve their motivational initially. But then they kind of end up really pigeon-toeing and kind of cornering themselves long-term because, again, it's like an appetite suppressant. And they typically then get their calories from liquid calories. So they lose a tremendous amount of muscle. Yeah. So during the process, so A, they, they don't really look good in the end. They kind of very look like fairly depleted. Yeah, and because skinny fat. Exactly. And because they didn't learn about proper nutrition and, and central nervous system management and everything of that sort, their skin doesn't look that great. And you have to take the whole person into perspective, not like how many pounds did you lose? Right. It's like, how, how do you actually look? How do your clothes fit? Like, how do you feel? Yeah. And I feel also like a lot of times with, with those uh, symptom management approaches, uh, not only are they, are they dangerous, a lot of times with these medical drugs, it's so funny because you've noticed um, uh, a lot of them are that are released into market, they're scientifically proven to at least be safe enough initially to be released into the market. But look how many of them are recalled. I think almost like 1,400 uh, a year are recalled by the FDA every single year. I could be a little bit off by that number, but every single year and all those 1,400 were initially approved to be safe. So let's make that, let's make that clear. Now with the Zampic, a lot of people are reporting like serious digestive issues, like paralysis in the stomach, et cetera, et cetera. And I think just the main thing is really like you hinted at, it's like you got to change the person that's causing the disease if you want the disease and the disease will go away on its own if it's not too far down the line at that point. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think that's probably the biggest thing is that those instantaneous things, even if they do work, let's say they do work, 
it's not a long, it's, it's a bandaid. It, it really is. I mean, it's a bandaid for a wound that needs stitches. Like let's be real. And it's always going to come back and it comes back worse. Cause all I know is that when I was doing those weird pills, I mean, Oh my God, I put myself through some hell. There was days that I'd wake up and I would feel like I was going to throw up. I felt like I was going to pass out. Like I'm driving the car with the kids and I'm like, Holy shit. I can't even see like trying. And then I'd be like, Oh my God, I just need water. Oh, nope, nope. You know, I probably need caffeine. Oh my God. Now let's trigger some anxiety. Like it's a spiral. And then when I would finally be like, okay, I can't do this. I can't do this then I'd gain more weight and mm -hmm. then I feel worse about myself. And then, and then, you know, I mean, it just, none of that works. And so I think, again, I know that not everyone is blessed and not everyone is in that situation to be able to afford a coach, to be able to afford a program, but there are so many things. I mean, right now we've got podcasts, we've got TikTok, we've got um, Pinterest. All people have to do is start finding someone who's giving that information. I mean, I do this with my marketing for real estate. I mean, I educate all the time, right? Like it's not going to cost you anything. I have a coaching program as well, just like you for my real estate agents. And some agents pay me to coach them specifically for themselves, right? Just like you, how you did with me. But for those who don't have that kind of money, I'm still going to educate you. It's just not the implication that I can teach you for free, right? I mean, our time costs something. But so I think people need to start searching and getting more active in their own capacity to find those free resources. Because Eugene, you post things all the time that I'm just like, this is great. I mean, the list of the books that you read or like just the quality of food that you're eating. I mean, I love my Excel sheet. I still have it. I open it. It is on my That thing's the cheat code. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn, this is just how easy fat loss is. It's just plug in these numbers and eat that quantity of food per day. And then that's it. Exactly. And then you have unlimited non-starchy vegetables. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's I'm sure you see this in, in real estate. A lot of real estate agents too. I'm like, dude, just do this and you'll, yeah. you'll have like my kind of business, you know? And then almost no one ever does it unfortunately sometimes it's disheartening you know because you you know when you've done it it's not that hard at the end of the day and it's just more about like uh consistently implementing very simple principles that like um, literally almost anyone can understand you know exactly. and um so yeah sometimes like i i put out a lot of content as like you do but then sometimes you see a lot of your followers they're still like eating junk food or for in, in your case, not following up with the leads or, you know, going out and uh, whatever, whatever they need to do to, to, um, to run their business. And then like, Oh, it's the marketplace. You know, I'm yeah. like, dude, it's not the marketplace. Yeah. It's like, you're not doing any work. You know, It's effort. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, in your world, I think the thing that would probably hurt the most, cause I still see this to this day. Like if I get sick, like recently I'd been kind of sick. I'm pretty sure I've got COVID. I think that's still a thing. Right. Um, um, I, I think not eating at all because there'll be times when I just, I, I'm tired. I don't feel good. I just can't even muscle to eat. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to, I just want to be a lump on a log. But then I realize like my, I, you can feel it in your body shifting and you're like, oh my God, like your body's eating itself basically. So all mm -hmm. the work that I just did now I'm undoing and then it's going to start that cycle. Oh my God, I don't feel good about myself because I don't look good because I'm not having that energy level. And then guess what? You start spiraling. So I think in, in our situation between you and I, that's why I have the Excel sheet. It literally, when you open my browser, it's up there and it's crystals fat loss. Like it mm -hmm. literally is the tab because I see that it's a mental reminder to me, like take care of yourself, be selfish, put yourself first. Like here's your blueprint. Here is your cheat sheet, go do it. And so I think you've given, you give all the tools and I think you do it 
freely and even with that whole like um, coaching program. So I think people need to jump on it some more. Well, Crystal, I was just wondering, um, you know, personally, I've had trouble just watching like one German Shepherd and two, two cats that I found off the street that already was time, time exhausting for me. And I see you have like four kids. Uh, but do you find it was it was tougher to raise your first kid versus the other three? Like, did you already have those systems in place when the other three came around? No. <laughs> no, it's just tough no. across the board. <laughs> I have no kids, so I'm asking from a very naive perspective, you know. So that's a really good question. So baby number one was, I mean, bless her heart, right? I mean, I've never been a parent before at that point. So now she's learning I'm learning on her. She's my science project, right? So poor thing. She really had it hard because I was like, okay, this is what mom I'm going to be. And then I had baby number two. Baby number two was chill, right? Because baby number one was crazy mm-hmm. because she didn't know, like, you know, and then after that, it got so easy. So baby three and four were so very easy. So I would have had like 10 to 12 kids. I don't think you understand. Like, I love children. Like, I love a big family. I come from a big family. And so I love all of that. And that's all we were going to have at the end of the day is your family. So I was okay having a bunch of kids. and. For some reason, my husband at the time was like, all right, whatever you want. <laughs> well, Crystal, what would you say, um, what would be like any advice you would give, like if you ran to, into a friend that wanted to kind of have that shortcut approach of like, I want to take fat loss pills or like to go to my doctor and get Ozempic and stuff of that sort, because all my friends are doing it and they seem to be losing weight. Uh, but you took like a way different approach. Uh, do you have like any, any input? So when I talk to people now, um, when I send them your way, when I send you your referrals, the one thing I say is, listen, I don't have to sell him. You have to want that change and you have to want to invest in your own self. So you can find shortcuts. That doesn't mean it's going to help. I mean, it's kind of like in real estate, you know, discount agents, right? You get what you paid for. So you can go and pay 30, 30, $40, $50 for a bottle of 30 pills. That's all you're going to get is the bottle of pills. That's not going to hold you at night. That's not going to fix those wounds you got. That's not going to teach you how to actually eat. It's not going to give you the motivation to go work out. It's going to give you a freaking racing heart attack, but that doesn't mean that you're going to want to go walk your butt to the gym, right? Doesn't mean that you're going to make the the moves that need to be made. So um, my number one piece of advice is, is invest in yourself because I mean, hiring a coach for everything is, is what's needed, honestly. Yeah, and kind of rewinding back a little bit, you mentioned the importance of being selfish, uh, which is definitely, it sounds like really off uh, when you first say it to people. And I got this from a friend of mine called Jator Pierre. And, um, but it's important to realize that if you want any relationship or any work or career to last long term without you being absolutely miserable, it's important to have your needs met first, or at least the bulk majority of them. Because if you don't, especially with like people interaction, you're just going to grow kind of disgruntled towards the other person eventually. Like, oh, I want to be this person or I want to be doing this, but I'm always having to do this. And it's not going to work out long term anyways. Yeah. So just being, being um, self, selfless in the sense could be one of the reasons why people actually uh, end up developing a lot of health problems, you know, because they put everyone ahead of themselves and most always, literally almost every single time they they're kind of bitter towards those people deep down inside, even if they don't express it externally too. And then if you do that for long enough, you have to form maladaptive behavior to deal with that kind of story gap and that disconnect between kind of like what you want in the world and what you're actually living. And for most people, especially it's okay if the dog's there, uh, it's remote work. Totally, totally fine. 
I was watching a friend's dog recently uh, for a little while as well. So they're both uh, totally funny. Fun. Yeah, but um, uh, just saying, like you mentioned, just kind of reinforcing yeah. the fact that it's so important to A, be crystal clear about what your core values are, obviously, and then just make sure the relationships you get into or the careers you get into are reflective of that uh, for, for the most part. Because if, if not, if kind of like at the end of the day, like Walensky would say, if you don't know who you are, like, what do you know? Mm -hmm. You know, your chances of getting in the wrong relationships or the wrong careers yep. are extremely high then. Absolutely. And then you have to form maladaptive behavior to continue to, to live that way. And that results in, you know, excess weight gain or medical mm -hmm. drug dependence or actual drug use or alcohol, et cetera, mm -hmm. in the more extreme situations um, and stuff like that. But Crystal, I was wondering, I'm pretty sure these kind of, um, I got this from Robert Kawasaki and he mentioned one time during a podcast, um, He's like, oh, you know, a lot of people use excuses as like a form of escape. Yeah. Because it provides, uh, like when they say, oh, I don't have the money. It, it instantly shuts your mind down yeah. from coming up with a solution, which may actually be difficult to do during certain circumstances, but is most often what the actual person needs is a solution to that particular problem of by saying like, oh, I don't have the money or I don't have the time or whatever. Uh, it instantly shuts the mind down. And there is some, for sure, short-term relief. You know, oh, thank God I don't have to deal with this problem. But like you said, if it's not dealt with, it just kind of builds up over time. It leads to bigger problems eventually. So I was just wondering, with you especially, I mean, with four kids and, and a successful business owner, uh, how did you overcome the excuse of, like, I don't have enough time for me? That's a really good question. And to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't have healthy boundaries. I didn't have healthy boundaries set in place with external relationships professional, um, personal friends, everything. I didn't have those in place. So to overcome that, I lied to myself. Let's be honest. Like we all ostracize at some point. Like you said, we, we want to just avoid it. And we just kind of, you know, we basically, we paralyze ourselves with those excuses. And so overcoming that was easy once I set a boundary. And I only had to set it with one thing. And it was my job, to be honest with you. I was working at corporate, traveling a lot. I had just come back from Germany. I was gone for forever, where when I was going to bed, my kids were waking up. When my kids were going to bed, I was waking up. I never got to see them. And I was so busy, so exhausted. And I came back and I, and then I came back. My whole time was jacked up, right? Because I had been working on a different clock, a different time zone. And then I noticed that I'd come back and I'd go to sleep at nine o'clock, exhausted as can be, and then wake up at like 11 o'clock at night and have to start working because it was in my brain because I'd been wired that that was it. And then I was like, what am I doing? So I had to create healthy boundaries and just be like, I'm not doing this. You pay me for this many hours and that's what you're getting. Like, I'm not climbing any ladders here and you're capping me at this salary. Like, this is all you're getting from me type of thing. And once I did that, it kind of got a little easier. So those excuses got less and less and less. And then I was able to find, guess what? More time. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I made the time. So really there's time for everything. It's if you want it bad enough. Yeah. I think, uh, I wish I would have done the math before this call, but I think even if you're working like 50 hours a week, mm -hmm. which is, which is reasonable. Most people work around 40 actually, but if you're working 50 hours a week, you're sleeping, let's say perfectly eight hours a night, which is 58 hours a week, which basically no one does, that the average American sleeps around four and a half hours yeah. a day, which is pretty crazy. And let's say you're spending with friends and family 15 hours per week, which almost nobody does these days, right? And then you have five hours a week for errands. Mm -hmm. 
And even with all of that, the average person still has about two and a half days of free time uh, every single week. And it only takes about uh, like 10 hours, like five hours for workouts and five hours for like background stuff to maintain those workouts to really optimize like your aesthetics, your physical and mental health. So even if you were to do all of that and you spent 10 hours really focusing on yourself, you would still have about two days of free time um, two days of free time every single week for everything else. Uh, I just think like most people obviously spend it on social media. It's like surprised how much time you spend, uh, you spend on social media. I was wondering, how do you avoid getting stuck, especially when you're like maybe a little bit tired and avoid kind of falling into the trap of like watching videos on TikTok, just mindless videos, et cetera, et cetera. I give myself grace. So one of the things that I do, the first thing I do when I hire a new real estate agent is I get them on the phone and I say, all right, tell me what an ideal day looks like. Money's not an object. Time is not an object. Responsibilities. Tell me what it is. And they go through it. Oh, well, I'd like to wake up and have my coffee. Oh, and I'd like to go work out. Then I want to come home and shower and then make breakfast and then do this, then start my day. They give me all of this and it sounds so amazing, right? So I get them into this mentality of a feel zone, like identify your perfect life and I'm going to give it to you. Actually, I'm going to show you, you're going to give it to yourself. Then I start putting times to each of those things for them. And I show them that every day they can have that perfect day. Mm-hmm. And you should just see they're like, what? And I'm like, it's not going to be easy for you because in your mind, you already pre wired to think you don't have time. Give me one week. Just try it. Be diligent every day. Do it as we've outlined it. And you should see like the first week, my agents are like on it and they're just like, (gasps) and they're excited and they're just like passionate because they're like, I got to do it all. And I got to paint my nails or I got to do this. And I'm like, see, it's good. So when I do feel like that, when I am tired, when I am here's like seasonal depression is real, man, Colorado, it gets dark at 4 p.m. and I am not about this lifestyle. I am not about this. So when I get into those ruts, I give myself grace. I don't beat myself up. And if I do skip a workout, I skip a workout. That's it. That's all it is. I'm going to live in this moment and I'm going to not flood my body with the stress hormones and the shame and the guilt and the like beat myself down. Like, no way. I have to protect it. And so I just kind of say, you know, whatever, who cares? I'll pick up tomorrow. That's that. Like, It really is that because if I don't and I beat myself up, I'm going to feel horrible for how long for something that I just didn't do because I didn't have that energy. Mm -hmm. Um, As a female, something that I've been doing a lot of that no one talks about is tracking cycles. Like, yes, here you go. Let's have this uncomfortable talk. And you guys on the camera, have fun with this. We as women are crazy emotional, hormonal messes, right? But we also aren't taught how to appreciate that how to deal with it and how to actually get through it. So there's certain times like when, you know, I'm not feeling my best because of my, my cycle. I just stay the fuck away from people. I'm not going to lie. Like I will just make sure I don't have appointments because I'm not feeling my best anyway. Why would I want to go do that? I just shift some stuff. Mm-hmm. I do things behind the scene. I work on social media items, editing, administrative stuff, taxes, whatever. I just have to get, re- you just have to get real with your own self. And then have the same, the same cycles, basically. You guys have, you know, ebbs and flows. And just knowing when you're feeling good and you can actually operate and do things is when you're going to actually be at your highest output anyway. Yeah, and I think all this stuff, I mean, under, um, 
setting the foundation is I think like one one powerful thing you have is your is your it's funny the the name crystal clear. I was gonna <laughs> say that you're crystal clear about like your core values and what works and doesn't work for you. Yeah. And I think without first doing that, uh, it's always a guessing game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of times, for sure, the only way to know uh, who you are is first finding out who you are not, right? By yes. doing stuff you don't want to do and then being reflective of that and conscious of like, hey, this isn't for me. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with this path. It's just not for me. Yeah. Or maybe when relationships don't work out, instead of you know being so angry, be more thankful of like, uh, you know, thank you for showing me what I don't want yes. in the future. And that way I can get closer to what I do want in like my next relationship and stuff of that sort. So I think in any health journey, that should be like the first thing or done in tandem during a health journey, because it's often that disconnect and then not being uh, setting healthy boundaries with your core values that leads to all of these maladaptive problems. And then unfortunately, you know, people go to their MD and get Ozempic, but I'm like, dude, that's not what's going to make you happy. And at the end of the day, uh, the unconditional need that everyone wants is, is just to be happy. Of course, some people want to take this path and this path, but the end result is like, I want to have a peace of mind and be happy yeah. in my life, you know, yeah. uh, and stuff of that sort. But it's like, once you kind of, first of all, once you silence that pain teacher, like excess weight gain is your body's way of telling you like, Hey, something's wrong. Yeah. You know, there's chronic inflammation. That means there's a lot of like mental and physical stress on, on the central nervous system. And instead of dealing with that, they're like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take this drug, you know, like shove yeah. this problem into the closet. And then that only unfortunately creates like so many more problems. And I was just wondering too, as a, as a mother, from your perspective, it's like uh, American healthcare is, is going so, so much in that direction. Uh, like how, because I'm sure when your kids are adults, all they're going to have available for healthcare for the most part are like just, just medical drugs and unnecessary procedures. And I was just wondering how you feel about that as a, as a parent. So, well, growing up in the household that I grew up in, we didn't, we didn't have money, right, for a lot of stuff. So if you were sick, there was home remedies. I mean, to this day, I still use home remedies, uh, you know, honey, lemon, lime, and whatever, you put things on your feet. Like, this is kind of funny. I don't know if anyone can resonate with this, but when we had fevers, high, high fevers, my mom would slice potatoes really thin, vinegar, baking soda, you put them on your toes and on your feet and you put the socks up, you know, that kind of stuff, right? But it worked. And so, I mean, I've kind of taught the kids all of that. And so we try to, we try to do things a lot natural. We don't do a lot of medication here. We don't really like a lot of medicine, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know how to prep my children for that world, if I'm being honest with you, because in our house, we don't really take a lot of things. If we have headaches, we take them. If we're feeling really, really sick, you know, Dayquil or Nyquil or something along those lines, but those easy fix drugs, I don't ever want my family on those. I don't want my kid, I don't want my daughters to ever go to Walmart and grab those like, oh, do this and you're gonna have a killer six, at, six pack. Like they see the work I'm putting in right now. They were young, thank God, when I was popping those pills. So they didn't get to see that, right? I have no problem sharing that story with them either, but I don't want them to ever have to do that. So I, I want them to see me working out. I want them to see me eating healthy. I want them to experience that. And thank God so far, knock on wood, it's kind of trans transpired that way with them. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that down the road, I mean, when they're older, that they just do the same things I did, like just kind of pull away and say, no, thanks. I don't need that kind of thing. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. I'm curious, have you ever been confused by the labels in the grocery store? 
In Yevgeny's book, he demystifies the difference between caged, cage-free, free-range, and pasture-raised meats. He also covers how to avoid GMOs, source high-quality water, fish, supplements, and other related topics. It's a beautifully illustrated, non-technical read that comes with a comprehensive video series and other extended learning materials. Jump on Amazon and check out the book titled Anti-Factory Farm Shopping Guide by Evgeny Trefkin. Now let's dive back into the podcast. Yeah, and I think you're doing honestly the best thing a parent can do. And that is just kind of like setting the example. Because yeah. your kids, basically 80% of what they learn from you is just by like observing you. Yeah. It's not even, um, it's not even from what you tell them for the most yeah. part. So if they see you, you know, like not setting healthy boundaries at work or eating fast food all the time or, you know, heavily like medicating yourself X, Y, Z, they're going to, they look up to you as like a, almost a demigod when you're, yep. when they're young, you know? And of course they're going to see, well, this is the way problems are solved in the world. And I'm going to do the same thing because it's all I've seen, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like the biggest uh, thing that allowed me to be consistent was I obviously grew up the first 10 years with my grandmother in off-grid in Ukraine. Yeah. So obviously learned a lot about just, just very uh, traditional kind of old school living there. You I mean, we didn't have electricity, so you're in bed by like 5 p.m. because you couldn't yeah. even see anything outside for the most part anyways. Uh, but then also just my dad um, uh, took me to the gym to work out with him. I was already, you know, like 10 or 11 years old, and I was just lifting the five-pound weights next to whatever he was doing. And I just, it's because that just was that kind of lifestyle was ingrained into me. So it just became so easy because I'm like, well, this is just how, how you live, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but a lot of a lot of kids don't have that yeah. today with their parents, you know. And I think also just um, the U.S. lifestyle is tougher. It is. I think you know, there's more materialistically, there's more abundance for sure. But in various ways, it's also like very like unsustainable in certain aspects, especially when you have like a single parent or even two parents, but with multiple kids, but both work, et cetera, et cetera, um, and stuff of that sort. So. Uh, yeah, and social yeah. media has skewed a lot of things too. I mean, we see, especially think about the, the young girls, right? I have a 17-year-old and she's been on social media for a few years, right? She's had her cell phone. And even I see it today. I mean, there's some influencers that I follow that I really, really enjoy who they are as human beings. They they live a healthy lifestyle. They are not pushing, promoting, oh, take this creatine or take this or take that. They are literally like, I'm working hard. Like I'm tired, I'm drinking a cup of coffee if I want my caffeine boost, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, I like that. But then you go see the other influencers who are, you know, oh, if you do this, you're going to look like this. Now think about the young girl's perspectives. So I feel like it has not helped us a lot in that way because they're not seeing the struggle. So um, I think that's something really, really good too. That's why I love when you post the, like the befores and the afters and then the stories because you can see the end result all you want and everybody can give you the oohs and the ahs and the Google, you know what I mean? But that in between, you know, those almost heart attacks, those failures, those nights when you're crying, those, those like alone moments, like those are the things that we have to get real with and actually share. I feel, I feel like people don't do that enough. Yeah. Yeah. And social media is a double-edged sword. Sometimes like I feel insecure going on social media. I'm like, man, everyone's better looking than me. They're richer than me. <laughs> I'm like, damn. <laughs> so I feel like it's that all the time. Don't worry. But I'm like, man, just keep scrolling. Yeah. I can fix that in two seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'll go to Crystal's page and watch real estate content, you know? <laughs> she, she's a hot mess. I'm going to go visit her. Yeah. And actually rewinding back a little bit, you did mention something about um, 
you know, like if you don't feel like it, you'll skip a workout or skip like a client meeting or whatever. And I think it's also important to realize that everyone, literally every single person loses focus. But the difference is the people that succeed just kind of regain it pretty quickly, yeah. you know, and that's it. That's really everyone loses focus, but a lot of people do beat themselves up about it. And there's really no reason to. It's all about just like how fast could I refocus and get back on track? That's the most important thing. And if you just keep doing that, I found I find you'll be successful. And success never is like a oh. progressive oh. line. It's always like a roller coaster for the most part. So you yeah. just got to get used to that and accept that as reality because that's what it is. So when you do get setbacks, it's like, which are going to 100% happen in a myriad of different themes. Oh, You're not like so like mentally thrown off of it, like I did something wrong or this or that, you know? I'm like, mm -hmm. no, man, this is just how any project goes. You know, it's yeah. never like a, it's not a, a two hour Disney movie, you know, where exactly. everything is perfect uh, the whole entire time. It's not uh, different also, than any project like painting. If you run out of paint, you just stop until you go get more paint. Like same thing, if you're on this health journey and you just run out of fuel and you just need to reset, you just reset, tomorrow's you know another day. And I think that's a big part. So I love that. Well, Crystal, also like one thing I've noticed was sometimes uh, something that keeps people stuck in unhealthy or unsustainable life patterns longer than they should be is honestly like, like positive psychology, but it's like mm -hmm. a form of reframing like they start because they don't know a solution for a specific problem so they take the negative and they reframe it into the positive you know what i mean and that keep, you can kind of say delusional in a sense but they kind of um uh like for example like okay i'm working like 80 hour weeks and i'm only sleeping three hours a day but at least i'm making good money you know like they reframe like some kind of deep negative aspect and they kind of try to look at it positively yeah. uh and then kind of ignore all the all the pain teachers that their their body is kind of crying them for and uh and i feel that kind of reframing is what keeps people oftentimes stuck for so long and then once they kind of started going down a path typically how the central nervous system tries to adapt is it simply creates belief structures to keep that path alive longer you know what i mean which gets them even more deeper into the path and they start setting up more of these kind of lies they tell themselves and they believe it as truths and eventually you get so dissociated you forget like what's a lie or what's the truth yeah. and you just kind of get like more lost than ever i was just wondering if if like maybe have you had in the past any of these kind of reframing moments that you can look back at and how you you're able to kind of destroy yes. that mind virus absolutely i feel like every bad decision i've made i've justified it in a good way somehow like as a human being everybody does that right like well at least uh but you didn't die you know i mean it's it's honestly it's a protective mechanism we don't want to one take ownership for our own failures and faults and two we also don't want to assign them to anyone else right i mean it depends on how you're raised so the first thing to do is you suppress the shame you suppress like everything and you put an outward everything is fine everything is perfect everything is okay kind of thing and so yeah honestly i've done that many many a times but that was because i wasn't healthy as a person i was too busy trying to just get by and i didn't really know how so it was easier for me to lie to myself be delusional than to actually address the core the things that needed to be fixed right like the i didn't have the knowledge to have a good healthy relationship with with working out or with food or with my own self like to take care of myself take a bath like or just close the door and go away listen to some music for 45 minutes 30 minutes 20 minutes 10 minutes 
Like no one teaches you that. Again, I grew up in a different world. We didn't have, we didn't, we didn't have gyms. Like you went outside and you cleaned or you pulled weeds or you helped with the grandparents with the, the pigs or the chickens or whatever it was. Like you didn't go to a gym. Like no one took me to a gym and showed me how to work out. So then I didn't want to go to a gym because I was embarrassed because I didn't know how to use the machines. And I didn't want to be like step one. Okay, step two, do you know what I mean? Shame, 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 shame. So it's all about what's deep rooted. Um, how I broke that, again, I just, I had to just start getting real and setting boundaries. And once I started setting boundaries, I started realizing that I was liking who I was as a person. I wasn't as tired. So then I had more energy to address the things that I knew I was failing at. Like, hey, I'm not so good at this. And I keep lying saying, oh, it's gonna be okay. I work 90 hours a week. The boss loves me. I'm doing such great things. Not really, if I die, today from a heart attack, my job would be posted by the next morning mm -hmm. or one of my coworkers would have taken my job. Yeah. So it's just re realizing who, who you are and what you mean to, to the, I guess, environment around you. Yeah, there is a really good uh, book called The Shame That Binds Us uh, by psychologist oh, uh, Branshaw. I forgot the name. It's been a long time since I read it, but it's a really good book that gives an outline of the psychology behind shame and how you know, it's used in unhealthy ways by a lot of people, etc. And I find that book, actually, if people struggle with shaming themselves often, which many do, uh, just read that book. And that way you can be consciously aware of when you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's the first step, because a lot of people, they just overly identify as that. That's like the only language they have to communicate themselves with, you know, when, when something happens. And there's so many different ways you can learn how to communicate with yourself in more sustainable and healthy ways. I think, give me one second, it's actually the... Uh, so the, yeah, John Branch, John Branshaw. It's not this book, but he gave uh, he gave kind of a shout out to this book. Oh. I like Stefan Walensky. Okay. Uh, so that's his name. It's John Branshaw, and um, the shame that binds is really really great book. Very easy read as well. Um, well, Crystal, are there are there any books that you read personally over the years that you feel were like a big game changer for you? Yeah. So and they're not. I mean, they're. They're not ever focused. The things I read are all over the place. I love everything, right? I want to be entertained. I want to be um, taught everything. I learn something from everything that I'm doing. So The Four Agreements, that has been one of my favorite books. I don't know if you've read that. It's just basically talking about four agreements with yourself. It's principles. It's, it's life values. And like they are the smallest, most simplest things and they teach you. And I love that. I think I've got like eight copies. Each of my children probably have one in their rooms. I'm going to force them to read it like probably once a, a, a year. Um, I read that book seriously about every six months. <coughs> it's, excuse me. Mm -hmm. It's an easy read, but it's so good. Um, I love that book. And then the other one is the one minute, wait, one minute managers or monkey managers. I have to remember what it's called. I'll send it to you. But basically what it's talking about, and again, an easy, easy read. I mean, I've read this so much, the covers are falling off and that's okay. But what it's- I think the one minute manager, not to interrupt you, is yeah. actually my mom's favorite book. She's actually yes. she's actually in the comments section here too. She goes under okay, an cool. alias profile. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Wait, this is mama in Vegas. Uh, I said, yeah. I'll come house sit for her. <laughs> yeah, so it's okay. I'm going to take care of their place like, for a bit. <laughs> stop talking. Stop. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt, Crystal. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Right. But that's it. That's my favorite, the, my second favorite one. And I've made, I've told the kids about it again, too. It's like, 
we oftentimes, again, are taught to be loving and caring and um, available for people. And by us and the words we use and the actions and the things we choose, we then take on their energy. And that backpack gets so heavy with rocks that when we start slouching, no one is taking our rocks. And so I've tried to teach them skills to be like, I'm sorry you're going through that. How can I support you? Like you keep that little monkey on your shoulder. That's not coming over here. I'm not feeding it. I'm not bathing it. I'm not giving it a home. Like get that shit and go. Um, and so I think that, and that has been one of the books that has helped me, I guess the visualization um, to know my energies around me, my energies, auras, things along those lines. So when I'm with people who are emotionally draining or negative Nellies, and I'm like, hey, how are you doing? I do want an honest opinion. If you're having a shitty day, tell me, but don't try to put it on me. And I always immediately know when I can hear their words changing. I'm like, oh, that little monkey's trying to get on mine. Go over there. Like, oh, that's really rough. What do you need? How can we help you? How can I help you get through this? And so just kind of putting things back on people. And by doing that, then again, I'm selfish in a way, but I'm also protecting me because I'm no good to anybody if I'm a shit show, right? Yeah. And Crystal, um, just random question, but what do you feel is, uh, is kind of like the toughest part of, of raising kids today in today's environment in the U.S.? I love this question. So the children that I have raised, I didn't raise them for the society we have. I raised them for the society I was put in. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Eye contact. Shake hands. Open doors. Be gentlemen. Do you know what I mean? I mean, my sons, my kids, I mean since the time they were five, I would make them open doors. I would make them put me in the car. I, I wanted them to do these things. I mean, my boys are some of the most loving hearted men that I've met and they are caring and they're respectful towards females. And when, you know, certain situations arise, uh, my oldest son is 15. When situations arise, we talk about these things. Like, were you a gentleman? How did you handle that? Did you disrespect her? Did you do like, that's the, the problem is that the world that they're in now with the other kids that are not being raised with rules, respect, whether it's punishments of spankings, times out, whatever it is, it's not the same as what they are, right? So they're gonna grow up and be in this society. And it's almost like, have you seen that movie, Idi Idiocracy? Yes, um, he's the one that goes into the future, right? And he's like moderate intelligence in the current, but because yeah. in the future, everyone's he's just beyond like retarded. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I didn't know that was the future. I thought that was like today. No, <laughs> oh, it is. However, I feel like it's getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And worse. So that's the, that's the problem is that I'm raising these little people the way I was raised and to live, respect, honor, work, work ethic, things like that. Um, and I'm already seeing the shift. Like it's not paying, it won't pay off for them. They're, they, I mean, I see my daughter right now. She's 17. That kid is like a 50 year old woman in a 17 year old body. Like she can hold conversations with adults that I just, I sit there and I'm like, this kid is just, she's just great, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be biased. I'm really being honest. And then she goes to school with these other children and she's like, they're, they're idiots. Like, they just manipulate their parents and do this, this, and this. And she's like, they're never going to get anywhere. They're never going to know how to succeed on their own. They're never going to know how to, oh, if you get a flat tire, here's what you do. She recently was in my car and it said I was like, I don't know, a power steering or something was low. She just took my car to somewhere and got it fixed for me. Like those common skills and stuff like that, they're just not there. They're not being taught. So I worry that the future is not, it's going to, they're going to be annoyed. Yeah. I think the, the reason for that is because as culture progresses, it's tend to become, it tends to become more specialized. 
So you yeah. lose all these like little life skills because you're like, okay, you're just a programmer or you're just a real estate agent. You like literally have to outsource everything else in your life. You know, uh, life does get a little boring when you kind of are so single-minded like that too. So I kind of like to learn a lot of different stuff. Although to be honest, I don't know any handyman stuff. Like my girlfriend actually knows a lot about construction, but I stand awesome. there and hold the tools. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you just hand them out. But yeah. And, um, well, what's your, I mean, if I could ask you, what's your take on the education system today for, for kids? So I recently watched this, um, this interaction with our, our lovely political figures. I don't know if you've seen this or heard this, but they are choosing in certain areas to remove parts of our history, remove mm. parts of like, you know, random things, right? Like removing important things that have happened that made us where we are, right? And they keep justifying it by saying, oh, no, 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 we're just allowing these teachers to teach what they feel are the most valuable. We're trying to let them have some control. No, what they're trying to do is erase things, right? And so our education system, I think, is so focused and targeted at passing tests and like looking good. They're not really doing much for the kids. Like if I could have during COVID, I loved COVID because during COVID, they were like, oh, the Kids are going to get on the computers from nine to this. Da, 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 da. The first day was fine. I allowed it. I watched it. And it was like half of the kids jumping around, playing with their toys, door slamming, kids making faces at each other. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, everybody turn off your cameras. Like, teacher, broadcast your thing. Kids, write your notes and do your shit. Like, let's go. It was annoying. So I immediately it was like, computers off. And I wrote to school. And I was like, my kids are not going to get on. Like, you do what you need to do send me the curriculum for a week. I'll make sure it's done. That's that. Like no one, no one is doing things, I think, to actually care about the children's development. They're just trying to tech, check those boxes and get those scores. If you, you know, get the mm -hmm. raise kind of thing. Yeah. I'm just wondering how kids, uh, I spent like a few months living in Japan way back in 2010 yeah. and I felt the kids there were like super orderly, always okay. walking in a straight line and stuff of that. So I'm just curious how, uh, how, uh, how kids there behave in, in the school system and stuff. I think the big issue is once again with a, with a U.S. population where nine out of 10 Americans are, are metabolically sick. Yeah. It's like, obviously, if the parents are sick, they're not going to have healthy children, you know? And yeah. the, the unhealthy children are going to show up to these schools and you can't expect too much out of them because their, you know, their diet is so poor. And um, on top of that, it's not very natural for kids to just sit all day. Like, for example, I did a eight-month wilderness survival course with the uh, with the girlfriend like a year ago and it was in this like wilderness like school that we have nearby and they have like a department for little kids and you see when they're out there in the wilderness how excited there's no adhd issues you know yeah. uh how you can see the huge smile on their face and their skin's like glowing yeah uh i don't there's just no way i don't think there is to replicate that in like you're basically in a in a container most schools are like basically a container with like cheap, cheap chairs in there. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and with teachers too, unfortunately, of course, there are great ones. It's kind of like with most teachers, at least from my experience, it's not even people I would hang out with. Moreover, yeah. have my kid, if I had a kid, hang out with them eight hours a day, learning their belief systems. And then when the kid turns 16 or 17, and you all of a sudden want them to be like you, you know, yeah. but you wonder why they're more like your teacher, which, uh, probably didn't doesn't have that much accomplishments to their name or anything very impressive that even you would learn from from yeah. them for example 
but this is like who your kids are learning from all the time and they happen to be probably not very healthy (laughs) themselves and you can see how the ripple effect happens and why um you know nine out of ten americans right now are metabolically sick and the number one reason for bankruptcy in the u.s right now uh, accounting for close to 80 percent of all bankruptcies is just like health issues which is you know that which is pretty crazy if you think about it because if 90 percent of the population is unhealthy and 80 percent of all bankruptcies are due to health Mm -hmm. reasons you could only kind of imagine what's going to happen in like the near future then it's probably going to be even a bigger catastrophe than like the whole real estate crash way back in like i think 2000 2006 or so yeah 2008 the other thing is so our teachers right going along those well now think of how many teachers they have they have now they're it's peer-to-peer teachers right it's the girls watching the girls on social media it's the boys watching boys and you know or the rappers or i mean my goodness my son wanted to join some um kind of like a coaching program for young men through a social media influencer. You know, I looked at it and, I, and he's like, I'll use my own money, you know, save money. I don't do allowances, by the way. I don't do that kind of stuff. Like we're all part of this family. We all live here. We all do shit. You're not getting paid to do that. But he was like, I'll use my money. I'll save it. I'll do all this stuff. And I looked at it and I was like, okay, you know, I didn't do too much to it. It didn't ring any bells. I was just like, whatever. Well, then this social media influencer actually ended up going to jail for like all these sexual misconduct accounts. Mm. And I was like, huh. and this would have been the class that my son would have been, this is the person that my son would have been learning from. So now there's like this array. It's like this bouquet of idiots out there teaching my children. And I'm like, oh, so I do miss the days back when I was younger and we had nothing. We just had to go outside and, you know, use magnifying glasses and try to burn ants or whatever, as cruel as that sounds, we all did it. Um, or catch grasshoppers or whatever we were doing. I do wish that the kids got that. So we, we try to get them to do a lot and they do thankfully, or, you know, they're not on their, their things too much, but it's, it's never ending. Well, Chris, so last question, of course, unless you want to cover any other topics, I'm happy to, to jump around, whichever, but, uh, <laughs> You know, I find I ask people this question oftentimes, mm-hmm. and uh, what year do you feel like you were like the least healthiest overall? And just if you can oh. think back, way back. I would say 2021. I would say 2021, like height of COVID, height of COVID, right before I met you. Mm-hmm. Right, right when I met you, I think, because, um, Mentally, I, I shifted jobs, right? So I had all that. Um, I was extremely overweight at that point. I was tired. I was um, anxious. I was depressed. I was, I was just not in a good place. And I would say that 2021 was the year when I felt the least like a human. Like, I don't even know. Like, almost all the years of everything else that I had done had just caught up and landed right there. And that was it. And it was like the heaviest, like physically and emotionally, the heaviest weight that I was carrying. So I would say it's 2021. Would, so what would you, if you can, maybe like even two years before then, do you feel like if you can go back in time and run into your old self, kind of like Time Cop, for example, would you, what would you say to fast track the change uh, process? Or do you think there's anything that could be said or is just kind of set in stone type of thing? I don't think I'd want to. Because the lessons that I learned and the mindset that I was in two years previous was give, 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 give. My cup was empty all the time. I was in negative reserves. 
with my job, with my family, with my friends, with everything. I overcommitted. I was overgiving my emotional. I was drained. No one was filling that cup up. No one was taking care of me. No one was making sure like, what do you need? You know, or just my, I was, I was depleted. Right. But I didn't, I didn't want to admit it. Right. I lied to myself. Oh, but the kids are happy. Oh, but this is okay. Oh, but do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't want to, because I had to get it's everybody says that right you have to have that breakdown to make that breakthrough so i don't think i would even if i could time travel people say this all the time i would change this this and this i would not change a thing everything that i've gone through shitty or not i've needed it well crystal you kind of opened up another question here and this is an important one yeah um can you describe like your experience with this and how important it, it is to uh, you know, be in the right occupation for yourself and how that impacts your mental and physical health. Because I find with, especially with fat loss journeys, people that tend to uh, get on like a fat loss journey, they might actually be successful. Most times they are if they have like a good coach, but if they kind of stay in the environment, there's more to it than this, but if they stay in the environment where they kind of found that they gained all the weight to begin with, yeah, they typically, if you follow up with them like two to three years later, actually regain still all the weight, you know, because there's something in that environment or something uh, with their psyche, that way it interacts with that environment that is mm -hmm. causing that kind of maladaptive behavior to, to, to result in weight gain. But can you, um, can you describe your experience with that and how like pivotal and important it is during a health or fat loss journey to also really reflect on is my job or is, is my job giving me the environment I want to live a healthy and sustainable life? Yeah, I, I think that's a really good question, actually. I think a lot of times we, again, not selfish enough, right? We are too busy thinking, oh my God, I can't take that break. I can't do this, this, or this, right? And so if we are in career fields or jobs, professions, that we are telling ourselves, and these are all limiting minds, limiting thoughts that we can't get through, then we're going to lean into food, drinking, um, being lazy, basically, to calm ourselves, right? So by identifying what we're doing and in all areas, not just our profession, I feel like, if it's not feeding you or feeding what you want, then you've got to find a way to get either get out or ask the tough questions, right? Um, one of the things I did when I was at uh, Corporate World, I pitched a fit one time because it was beautiful outside. And I am that girl who, if the sun is out, I wanna be out there. I worked on a laptop in a dark room with no windows and I had a vitamin D lamp. I took my laptop outside and I went and I sat on the, I sat on the curb, crisscross and I was cranking out work. I had my earbuds in and my boss calls me in and I got written up. I got in trouble for that. And I was like, I was, like back to the dungeon. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm on property. I just cranked out more work in like 30 minutes than I have in, I don't know, five hours that I've been here. What the hell's the problem? And she's like, we need to know where to find you. And I was like, on the curb, where you found me. How did you find me if you were so worried? Like, are you crazy? Like, don't limit, don't tell me that I can't try to make myself healthy, healthy, healthy. And that's how I'd start asking those questions. Is this serving me? And I knew it wasn't because my, I was giving too much to them. And so change, making that change in my career definitely helped me to realize that, that, that I was going to be able to lose the weight and, and like keep it off. Right. But I never thought about that until I already had my mindset until you helped me to address the inner because 
you don't make those correlations. People aren't going to make those correlations just because you and I tell them like, Hey, does your job let you take five minute walks? Why not? They let smokers go have 20, 15 minute breaks all day to go light a cigarette. Like go take your fucking walk, right? They're not going to think to make those correlations because we're telling them they have to see the cycle themselves. I feel like. Yeah. And I mean, to touch on your former, former boss's mentality, it's like my, uh, the saying goes like sick people can't make healthy decisions yeah. or they wouldn't be sick to begin with, exactly. obviously, you know? And I feel like that's one of the things that actually kept me out of, um, I've been working basically for myself since I was 19. So it's, I think coming up around 18 years or so, but I noticed when I was in college, I was already coaching just like 10 hours a week, nothing mm-hmm. crazy. And I was coaching people that are already, you know, like late thirties or late forties and they're already like middle management or director level at a company. And I just noticed how um, unhealthy a lot of these environments were. So, and I was graduating around the time the the real estate crash happened. I graduated in 2009. So it was that kind of like midway into there. And basically at that point, everyone was just happy to have a job if they had a job. Moreover, I was telling my friends, I'm like, I'm just going to continue this coaching thing uh, just because I already have clients and it's like a cool lifestyle. And I'm really just kind of sharing what I already do with people anyways. And you're happy. And they're, yeah. And they're like, well, man, like no one's going to hire coaches. No one even has work. You should just get a, like a corporate job and be happy you have a job and stuff of that sort. And that caused me actually a lot of anxiety because I'm like, dude, like, how am I going to, uh, first of all, I didn't want to depend on bosses. Like you just mentioned for my future, that was like very stressful for me. Um, and then second, I was like, oh, it's just, it'd be tough to work around also a lot of those type of people, uh, daily and stuff of that sort. Mm-hmm. So I think just, just the job environment is so important in part of your health journey. And a lot of people overlook it because it's just, it's, especially if you've been doing something for a while, it's tough to see you doing something else. You know what I mean? Everybody's scared, right? And I think uh, one question is, if, if I could ask you here, um, and you had, uh, you know, the guts to do it, but let's say another mom is in your similar situation. She's consciously aware that, hey, this isn't for me and is really hurting my mental health and thus resulting in physical, like psychosomatic symptoms, et cetera, et cetera. But I have three kids and God forbid, I, I don't have that paycheck in two weeks. Like how could they muster the confidence to stand up to their boss like you did, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think you said it right. Um, I was scared. I was scared of everything. Even like when I divorced, uh, when the kid's dad, when we divorced, I was terrified. Like, wow, like, how am I going to do all of this? But the truth is that is even more reason to do something right. When I was in that job and with that, if there were single moms out there who are afraid, there's always going to be a way there's always going to be a way. And the, the number one driving factor should be that there are those children looking at you and you're teaching those children what's acceptable. It's no different than if you were in a bad abusive relationship, you're teaching them that that's the norm. So if you're going to work and you hate your life and you come home miserable, well, now you're teaching those children that that's adulthood. Does that look like anything anyone wants to look forward to? So I think people have to get real and realize who's, who's watching them. And for me, that's why I make a lot of the decisions I do, whether I'm scared or not, or I fail or not. I remember that the kids are watching me and I'm trying to teach them what good is and how to love themselves. So if you got to quit a job and get another one, great. If you have to quit a job and you know what, the money's not going to be there in two weeks, we're going to find a way. I guarantee you, if we have to eat crackers and ramen noodles for another two weeks, that's fine. I'll go DoorDash. 
if we have to call the mortgage company and ask them to help us, like, can you just give me an extension for 15 days? Then that's what we're going to do. There's always a way to make something happen. So I think my kids are my driving factor. Yeah, and that's actually pretty powerful, uh, what you just said, because once again, finding a solution instead of falling back on an easy ex excuse, right? That's basically what it, that's basically Sorry. what it comes down to. Totally okay. Uh, I had, I had some dogs barking when I was, uh, one of my friends, I watch, I watch her dog and if I leave the window open and there's someone like two miles away, it starts barking, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> it starts barking. I'm like, okay, your sensors are too sensitive. <laughs> yeah. Your, your security, sense. your security sensors. Um, well, Chris, I know you're, you're super busy. Do we have like 10 more minutes or do you want to cut it? No, okay, no, no, cool. I'm good. I'm happy with you. Yeah, I, ju I just, some more questions are popping up. We mentioned jobs too, but also another very important part of a wellness journey is then clarifying what healthy relationships look like, your personal relationships look like to you. Can you touch on just some, some information you have on that area and in terms of how that impacts your mental and physical health? Yeah, I think honestly that's continuous and it's it's ongoing all the time right I mean we interact with people um, friends girlfriends boyfriends every, even our family members and when we when we are able to identify and this is something that I really work on a lot is I look at the way I feel around people after an interaction how did I feel like wow I just feel I feel something and I just have to like really get in tune with that and I started, you know, I lost my mom not too long ago. And I realized that during that process, I was what I was feeling around family members, what I was feeling around death, what I was feeling around myself. And, and like getting real with that has helped me to know like who's there for that season and who who definitely doesn't need to be around, right? Like who's take who's taking your energies basically. So I try to teach the kids that as well. Um, so personal relationships are, I feel like continuously and they're always on growing, but they adapt as you adapt. Cause that's something I'm noticing. I keep saying the words, be selfish, right? I keep saying, take care of yourself because until your cup is full, you don't even know what you want, need or like in life, I feel like. And the more that my cup gets full, I'm starting to see the people I want to be around. I'm starting to see the people I don't want to be around. And I'm starting to see the energy I have for other people. And so I think those relationships are going to adapt. Finding people, partners, um, everybody, even family who are going to grow with you is important. And then you have to realize that there's just some that just go, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, you, you have to have you have to have energy to give energy. Oh, like you have to have money to donate money, yeah. money and stuff of that sort. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if obviously they're just constantly given and not getting anything in return, being too selfless, yeah. uh, then you're just going to get burned out and disgruntled. And, um, and then that's it, you know, and then it's not going to, that relationship or job isn't going to work out long-term anyways, yeah. uh, either way. So, I mean, you touched on a few very important topics that I think are left out in pretty much all fat loss transformation programs. And that's why most of them yeah. fail is yeah. because they don't address all this other foundational stuff. That's actually pivotal to sustaining the journey yeah. long-term. They just tackle it. Like I just got to work out more or I just got to diet a little bit better. And yes, those parts are parts of the puzzle for sure. Yeah. But for most people, that's not meeting the problem at the level of the problem, yeah. you know? Absolutely. In nutrition information is for free online. Just go get it. Go to pubmed.gov and you have literally every single study 
on any health topic that your doctor has access to for free on that website. Information, it's, it's not an information issue for most people. Uh, it's just an issue in these foundational uh, variables that we covered here among a couple of other things. I think if people just approached it from that vantage point, yes, it's harder and it might take years for some people, but it's the only way to go on an honest journey. Just changing your diet, getting on a fat loss pill or like Ozempic or um, doing another boot camp uh, will provide short-term relief possibly, yeah. but long-term it, it's going to be, it's going to be a failure. And if you just look up the statistics, it's, it's the case in, in most cases. So. And, and I'm, so. I'm sure you, cause when we first met, I know you did this like intake, right? And you can kind of fill people's energy level. Are they going to be a good fit for you? And you know, right away, like this person will either do what they need to do, or you can just tell like, they're just not there. I do the same thing with people that I hire, even for my coaching program. Like there's a few questions I ask and I already know they're just triggers. So I already know, yeah, you're going to be an excuse. You're going to, you're going to make all these excuses. And then when you fail, I'm going to be the blame. I don't want this. I'm not here for you. I'm not your person. Good luck. Find another coach. Because at the end of the day, people can say they want something, but if they don't really want it, it really shines through. So I think like you said, yeah, you can go Google, you can find your meal plans, you can do all that. But that implementation that you give as a coach, as a health coach, man, that's invaluable, honestly. I mean, I would go into, I would have, if I had to, I would have say, if I didn't have the money when I hired you, I, but knowing what this was going to be, I would have saved every single penny, picked up every penny I found on the streets to be able to hire hire you so that you could have taught me the lessons you did because it was just so invaluable. Oh, that means a lot. That's heartwarming. <laughs> uh, but Crystal, that's funny. One, one line you said, I got this from like an Italian mob movie. I forgot exactly which one, but he's like, hey, Tony, you can't pick someone up that doesn't want to get up. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. it's kind of like uh, kind of metaphorical to like, you can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped at the end of the exactly. day. And unfortunately too, like a lot of people, they have to have some kind of health crisis or life emergency to finally see like, hey, this isn't the right path for me. And I need a new belief system to be embedded and kind of get rid of this mind virus so I can live hap live a happy, sustainable life and healthy, you know, keep, keep it simple. Because without that, it's like, even if you accomplish whatever you're going after, you're just like, who cares if you're sick and miserable at the end of yeah. the day, you know, it doesn't matter. So. Well, you shorten your life anyway, if you're living that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Crystal, I noticed also I got about 2% left on my phone because I was, I didn't oh, charge yeah. it, but, uh, honestly, it's, it's great to see you again. And I'm, I'm so happy you're doing like really well. Um, and thank, thank you again for your time and it's good to see you. And, and thanks for the referrals, of course, over the years as well. So. Of course, we're going to do this again. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay. guys. Thank you. And have a good Bye. weekend, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you've ever had trouble losing weight, or you've lost weight, but still didn't have the ideal body or health you're aiming for, please feel free to reach out anytime and book an assessment. Eugene will work with you to cover your goals in detail, see what's holding you back, and go from there. In the meantime, feel free to check out the countless testimonials on Eugene's website in the link below. In the testimonial section you'll notice everyone has various backgrounds, are of all different ages, and all have had different challenges in their life, but they all have one thing in common, they were all able to find their health and achieve their ideal body. You're also welcome to add yourself to the Facebook group in the link below. There you'll have access to the live videos that Eugene does weekly on Sundays and other helpful content.
Thank you again for tuning in.